0: Hello everyone, I'm Isaiah Sullivan, and I'm very excited to be sharing my podcast, St. Small Talk, with all you listeners. Stephanie Schimp is the co-owner of Blue Plate Restaurant Group, along with partner Dave Burley. Their restaurants include the Highland Grill, Longfellow Grill, and my personal favorite, the Groveland Tap. We're so excited to have her on this episode of St. Small Talk. Stephanie joining us today is the producer, Marshall Saunders, the owner of Minnesota Podcasting Studios. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks for being here, Marshall. Stephanie, I was talking, so you own Highland Grill, uh, Longfellow Grill, Groveland Tap, but you also own, how many other restaurants?
1: Depends on what time of year it is, whether we count the state fair or not, but uh, Edina Grill in Edina, Three Squares in Maple Grove, The Lowry in Uptown.
2: I love The Lowry.
1: Thank you. Mm house in the North Loop.
0: The, the brewery, right? Yep, the okay. brewery.
1: And then we have Bottle Rocket at the Minneapolis Airport. Gotcha. Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. And we also have the Blue Barn at State Fair. The food truck, the
0: right? food truck, <laughs> And the yeah. food truck, exactly. What is that called? The Little Blue... Little Blue Food Truck. Little, little blue, blue Food truck. truck. Did you start Highland Grill? That was your first one?
1: Yes. So David Burley and I were waiting tables at Nicollet Island Inn. I was going to school at the U., and we would go to Nye's and drink, usually <laughs> like Belt Premium because it was the coldest. It was nice. in the cooler right oh, by the fan. Yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, so we would go there after. In,
0: in, in a bottle? In a bottle. Oh, yeah. Because you're Because you're Oh, yeah. Okay. You're you're yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, there's the polka scene. Ruth, I think her name was Ruth, right? the polka yeah. band. And then there's the piano lounge. It was just a great place. Jeez. So sad that right. Nye's it is. is gone. At the Nick, you had to work. Everyone had to work one breakfast shift, even yeah. if you were. And David was a superstar server. He had that Gordon Gecko haircut in the you know late eighties, oh, early nineties.
0: Funny now because if you know David now, it's he's not, bald. It's, it's not bald as the cue ball. Yeah. I actually have never known him to Right.
1: <laughs> and he had this great Australian accent. He was you know he'd only been here a year or two at the time. So I would say if I made a dollar in tips, he'd make a dollar twenty five. You know, oh, okay. just that premium of having that great accent. Anyway, we would talk about breakfast, and the Nick had a great breakfast clientele—lots of politicians, downtown business folks, and then the the people who were staying in their Twenty rooms in the hotel. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure.
1: And we always thought this town really doesn't have breakfast. It has Perkins, mm-hmm. Al's breakfast in Dinkytown, and I was a oh, student yeah. at the U. Okay. But we would say we need to open a breakfast place because there's there's really nothing. And neighborhood restaurants weren't so much a thing back then mm-hmm. in what early is 90s. Early 90s, um, okay. You know, we'd sit at Nye's nice and drink our beer after our shift and go, you know, we should open a restaurant. Well, in the Star Tribune classified ad section, one day we found the Highland Grill for sale. And hmm. a man named John McCarty owned it. He had four or five other places around town, Eastside, Landmark, Downtown, Grandview Grill, I okay. think Uptown. I think he had the, uh, the one in Uptown at Hennepin Lake. And he just wanted to release it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't doing Focus very well. Focus on other ventures. Focus on other things. So I sold my car. David had a little bit of, uh, you know, small amount of cash from, again, being a better waiter than I was. And for under $10,000, we bought a restaurant oh out geez. of the newspaper.
2: What year was that? Yeah.
1: 93.
2: Wow. Could
0: that ever happen again? Mm-hmm. Not a chance. No.
1: No. So So you bought
0: Highland Grill and it was the same name, Highland Grill? It
1: was called Highland Grill. And I think if I recall, John had had it only for like six or eight months. And it just was, I mean, there were days when no one came in. Oh, really? We'd looked at one other spot at Lynn Lake. And, you know, when we started this, I was 21 Hmm. and going to school at the U. And I thought, well, why not? Why not be a part of this? Mm -hmm. I can wait tables anywhere and I'll go to school at night. So I switched my classes to... Tonight. And then eventually, because there were days when no one came in, <laughs> I wasn't making enough money to pay rent. And, and now I'm riding the bus because I don't have a car. And life <laughs> like was just, that so takes is, time. So this is like
0: the first few years or first year of owning it?
1: The first couple of years. I think we worked, if I recall, almost two years straight every day.
0: You and David, yeah. did, and you had other employees, obviously some waiters. and
1: We didn't. We had friends that would, are like our old Nicollet Island Inn friends would come in and kind of moonlight
2: really? and work, work
1: for tips. Um, wow. We would give each other, what we called a day off was you could sleep till 11, or you can come <laughs> in at 11 and start lunch, because we opened at 6. And then because we weren't making any money, then I by then I we'd left the Nick, of course, and I was working at D'Amico. Um, they had a restaurant called Azur, downtown Minneapolis, oh, in Gavidei. Right. And then I would do, you know, um, off-premise, um, you know, weddings, bar mitzvahs, sure. you know, all kinds of. Parties so you're struggling like
0: that. for those first two years. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It was. It, it's I was, hard to
0: imagine right now, but mm-hmm. the way it is. So how did you build up that brand?
1: You know, I grew up in a small town. Um, David was an army brat and moved around a lot, but we both learned to, I think, network and talk to people, and we both genuinely like taking care of people. So and we had time and we had a lot more time than money so we would sit down and you know have conversations just, with our guests. But
2: there's got to be something more than that cuz I don't know you and yet I go to your restaurants all yeah. the time. So what what is the key thing do can you place a, a a reason why people are drawn to your establishments?
1: We would truly take care of them and uh-huh. do extra and you know I would I guess, make relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the way we both, we both grew up with kind of unstable households and, and uh, you know, I was a free hot lunch and food stamps kid. And David was too, for the most part. He lived a very up and down lifestyle with, mm-hmm. and he left home at 14 to- oh, okay. Shoot kangaroos in Australia and drive <laughs>
0: trucks, and you know. How old was he when you guys started the restaurant?
1: So he's four years older than me. So twenty
0: five. Yeah, so you're 25. both. Oh, you're mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. Kids. You're both super mm-hmm. young to own yeah. your own business. You you start Highland Grill and you're struggling, but you're able to build it up. Obviously.
1: Well, I think w- we met people like Mark Moeller next door. Sure. Mm-hmm. Next door neighbor, and he was a an important person. Kind of took us under his you know, wing and said, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to get involved in the community. And so if you don't have money to give, you have time to give and you can volunteer or you can, you know, take a pan of macaroni and cheese to the Highland Park football team on Friday night and feed the team and, and with the team will come the parents and just get involved. And I think we were both got involved in the Highland Business Association. Eventually, David was in the Highland District Council. You know, even people... Like Mike Harris, yeah, we you know met Mike Harris and
0: city council member, at city the time. council, yeah, that's mem- right. you know, ninety four to two thousand. Yep.
1: We jumped in and oh. we had nothing to lose, and we had a lot of time. So, and we would really just get to know people. I remember this one fellow named Steve who lived on Summit with his wife and two daughters, and he came in one day carrying two paper bags full of coffee mugs. You know think yeah. of think of a I think he worked for u s. Bank or something one of the big think of a guy like that. imagine how many corporate coffee mugs that guy has in his house. Yeah. they were moving to Australia. And he'd come in and he'd always sit at the counter with his two daughters. and he's like, "Hey, could you kids use these? I'm moving to Australia. I'm not packing these.
0: I'm not taking them with me.
1: You know, my dentist or my insurance company, whoever gave me these coffee mugs. 23,000 miles away in Australia. I'm not taking them. Do you want them? I'm like, yeah, sure. We'll take them. You know, mm-hmm. Is that how that, money. how that Highland started off at Highland Grill?
0: That's Because yeah. all their mugs are I know, different. I love yes. it. I love so it, it. <laughs> <laughs> started by a guy named Steve.
1: Yeah. A guy named Steve who lived on Summit, who was <laughs> a regular. Clearing out the house. Clearing out the house. And he's like, hey, could you kids use these?
2: How do you get them now? You just grab them from anywhere? Oh, I'm, I'm sure now they people bring them
0: in right and left, right?
1: People bring them in and leave them.
0: How do you go from owning one to owning... Six, seven, eight, nine.
2: Which was the next
0: one? Yeah.
1: The next one was in Red Wing um, oh. called the Blue Play Cafe. And that's kind of the name of sure. the company. Yeah. Well, it wasn't at the time, but that's where oh, we yeah. landed. Okay. Um, I grew up in Lake City down on Lake Pepper. Sure. Red Wing's the next community upriver. We thought we'd be locals
2: down mm-hmm. there because I grew up yeah.
1: there. And we thought Red Wing was...
0: It's a cute town, too. It's a really cute town. To drive through and see Red Wing shoes and everything like that.
1: Thought maybe it'd be the next Stillwater. You know, there was an antique mall next to us and all these little small-town businesses. It looks like
0: a snapshot out of Stillwater. That's a great way of putting it. It
1: looks like it could. Yeah. And the the beautiful (laughs) Sheldon Theater. We found a little building for sale, three stories, a couple apartments upstairs. And we, again, had time. So we sweat equity... You know, we did get a mortgage for the building because it had to rental, built the tables ourselves and painted. That's next level. Like oh. building
0: the table of the restaurant <laughs> is like pretty much unheard of.
1: Well, and just as is having no employees. Right. You know, I, I I could, the I remember vividly the first person we hired and she worked, she was a Cretan girl who lived in the neighborhood, and she worked Saturday and Sunday. Hmm. And my dad would come up and do dishes. Hmm.
2: And oh my god! Katie
1: was the only employee we had. She's employee number one, and you know now she's a you know executive vice president for a you know <laughs> bank or something, and worked for the airlines.
0: And, and on her resume, it says first ever employee at Highland <laughs> I Grill. Yeah.
1: I but but she does take the time. Uh, I ran into her in the Skyway. About a year ago. And it's like, oh, so good to see her.
0: And her other sisters worked for us too, of course. As did my aunt. Yes. Yeah, my aunt worked for you. She still talks about those days. I think she waited when she was like pregnant at one point I think she did.
1: You know, it just was roll up your sleeves and do it. Mm -hmm. And... Again, get to know people, and so this Red Wing venture. Of course, I also remember Mark Moeller telling us, "Don't do that. <laughs> oh, it's <really>? an hour <laughs> away. How are you going to staff it?" Right. And that ended up being a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with Red Wing shoe down there, the St. James hotels owned by the shoe. Yeah, they paid much better than we did. Plus, they had benefits. Treasure Island, same thing. You know, they were probably paying twice what we were, and oh, had really? benefits. Um, so was
0: it hard to staff then? It was
1: really hard to staff. <laughs>
0: oh, geez. Really
1: hard to staff. Um, Kind of the – yeah.
0: Do you think that's what, it, what did it in eventually or was it – Yeah,
1: and we were in what I call no man's land pricing-wise and f- and ahead of our time with food. Hmm. We had calamari tacos.
0: Oh. <laughs> um,
1: You know, cornmeal crusted with uh, cabbage slaw and – Squeeze a lime and cilantro in so 1997. Who
0: were you using for chefs at that point? <laughs>
1: well, David and I both cooked. You know, we. Really? So I would when you never say you had no employees, you had
0: no employees. No. Oh no, yeah. no, no. You were cooking c- everything. No, doing everything, cleaning, doing the dishes, everything.
1: cooking, cleaning. Yeah, I think we were there about two and a half years, and fortunately, we did own the building and we did have rental income from the apartments upstairs. We're able to come out. Okay. okay, meaning I don't think we made money, but we didn't lose anything. During that time period, we had heard about the B.B. Um, Dixons being for sale.
0: I'm not familiar where that is.
1: It's the Groveland Tap. Oh. oh. So the man who owned that owned a couple other places around town, too. One of them was the 5-8 Club. Again, I think it was my neighborhood bar. I lived on St. Clair.
0: That's right. And mm-hmm.
1: Wheeler. And I was like, oh, I would love to own this place someday. It's just so great. And we were down. Was
0: it the same style as B.B. Dixon's?
1: Pretty similar. Or, okay. Pretty similar. I mean, the footprint is the same, the bar's oh. in the same place. So that was, I think, 98 when we bought that. And then 99, Moller's moved to a second location at oh, yeah. 50th in France. France. The neighborhood's a lot like Highland. There's mm-hmm. a movie theater. There's a Lunds. There's all this little retail. And it really did kind of feel like Highland.
0: Mark Mueller was a pretty big influence. It seems. it seems like his he name's is. coming up a lot.
1: He, he really was. I think we admired him because he had this multi-generational family business, yeah. and he was super involved. And it was just a good role model and a good support person. And I think... Again, because David and I both grew up kind of on our own, you know, I really had to raise myself. You learn to find people to advise you. And we had a, a lawyer and his wife who would come in, and he was very involved at St. Thomas. So I ended up eventually going back to St. Thomas and taking seven or eight more classes oh, yeah. and some in entrepreneurship. You so learn Those
0: connections you stumble upon yeah. and you just grow them.
1: You just grow them. Yeah. And and people also invest in you. I think there are certain people in life who this lawyer who has since passed away, he his specialty was family business. He was at Frederickson and Byron mm-hmm. and he loved succession planning and family business and entrepreneurship. And he kind of took us under his wing too. And you just meet people like that who I guess they just care.
0: So you think that's the key to growing the business that you have, just these these relationships that you built and built and grew and harnessing all this information just to develop the mm-hmm. – would you call it a, a restaurant conglomerate? I don't know. Is that the right word or restaurant group?
1: I like to call us uh, like a collection. A collection. A, a of collection. Us. I Certainly the other C word – C-H-A-I-N. I don't like that word.
2: No. Uh,
1: but Well, because you're not. Because you're not. No. Because no. Yeah. no two restaurants are the same. Right. And every neighborhood's different. And they're very
2: yeah. different feels. Yeah. I mean, even though the menu is somewhat similar.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean. I think well, that Groveland Tap is a pretty, I mean, that's somewhat unique menu. Because yeah. it's a lot of yeah. burger. I mean, I get the poutine burger there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Highland and Groveland are a little bit on their own. I would yeah. say the menus are different. I mean, the Highland... Is 1600
0: square feet. And it's got a very clean and kind of, I don't wanna say like, it's not an upscale, mm-hmm. it's not like Ritzy or anything like that, but it's just finer. Did you do that right away when you bought it or did that just transition over time?
1: So when we first bought it, again, we had, I think we bought it for like eight or $9,000 in total. Between David and I, we had $62 left to our names.
0: <laughs> you really put everything you had.
1: Really? That's Did that it.
0: freak you out?
1: <laughs> I think because I was so young and so
2: What do you have naive, to lose? <laughs> right.
1: I think that is what i like, well, why not? I'm waiting tables somewhere else. Why not do it here? That's you know? an
0: insane concept. I mean, that is literally putting all your eggs in one mm-hmm. basket.
1: What well, 21, I'm, by then I, I think I turned 22. Like, what do you have to lose? As a kid, you know, my family went through lots of turmoil with the recession of the early 80s my dad worked at John Deere he mm. was laid off my grandparents owned the hardware store on main street in our tiny little bedroom community outside of Waterloo Iowa all of that just disappeared and then we moved to Minnesota my parents divorced i was i slept on the floor and not a not with carpet it was plywood i slept on a plywood oh floor on a pile of my dad's old army blankets for a <laughs> couple of years. Uh, and no kidding. We had, you know, we we were kind of this apple pie Americana family before the the recession hit. You know, again, with my parents own, grandparents yeah. went in the hardware store. My sure. mom was an EMT. My dad was a volunteer fireman. My mom was elected to the school board. She was the room mother and she eventually went back to nursing school. And that but just turned. Just turned. Mm. Just turned. So I really, I think my risk-taking gene came from that.
0: Because You probably figured why not? I've, I've been. I've been, uh, yeah. I've, been, I've, I've lived that kind of lifestyle before. If it comes down to this, I can build myself back up again.
1: Right. Mm.
0: Jeez, Nothing to ways. lose.
1: In hindsight, of course, this is the wisdom that comes after the fact. I really wanted to be in control. I think you'd, I'd had things taken away from me. And I felt like if I could just get in there and roll up my sleeves and work hard... I could be in control. Now, it's that's single. also a, a, you know, I don't think that is totally true either, yeah, yeah, but, right. but, but I you mean,
0: feel like it, you're in like, control. yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you're only, you own your own business and right. now you own your, your mm-hmm. own businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of that. I mm-hmm. think now you chart your own path. You're not letting things get in your way. Right. Until, I guess, I guess that can kind of bring us
2: into the yeah, next conversation. <laughs> coronavirus. So, so how are you dealing with all this COVID it's, stuff?
1: I'm feeling a little bit more hopeful mm-hmm. specifically in the last week or two with the governor letting us open up again yeah. at 50%. But it's, it's exhausting. You know, I, yeah. how many more times can you pivot and recreate yourself? Right. And we're coming up on a year of doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have never thought we'd be doing this for right. a year. So right. that's
0: what I'm interested. That you were there at the beginning. Yeah. So like you, as Every other American are experiencing this. We think it's one thing, turns mm-hmm. into a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, do you get contacted by the by the governor beforehand? Yeah.
1: So we were, I was, I think I was called that Sunday, maybe the day before. But we were hearing about, you know, what's going on in Europe and China and starting to get nervous about it. And specifically in relation to St. Patrick's Day yeah. mm-hmm. in St. Paul.
2: Which is, yeah, Yeah. do I need to say more? Black Friday. (laughs)
1: Sully.
0: All right. That's Sully.
1: So we were a little nervous about and, you know, at the time, the virus really wasn't here, but we didn't know that. I mean, it was, but not like it is today. But we didn't we weren't feeling good about being open on St. Patrick's Day and having people crammed in shoulder to shoulder and, you know, lots of drinking. And we were starting to think about our own plan. And then we got a call from the governor's office saying, hey, would you stand up here with us and at this press conference and support a shutdown? And at the time, it seemed like a reasonable thing to do because we'd all be on the same level playing field.
0: And Probably noble. And fact, noble you know? and,
1: you know, for the public
0: health. Yeah, you owning several mm-hmm. restaurants. This is how you make your money, mm-hmm. you know, and to say, I'm going to not make money right now for the greater good. It's a really good. hard decision to mm-hmm. make.
1: And of the other people at the press conference, Andrew Zimmern, Punch Pizza, yeah. CEOs of major health systems. It, it just seemed like, you know, we're absolutely doing the right thing. Comma, did yeah. I think we'd be here a year later? No. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my business career, laying off 500 people. Wow, oh, my goodness. Furloughing 500 and some 500 plus people. It was Jeez. just heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. And there's just no way to, I don't know how to put words to it. It's just a feeling. And I think it takes personally takes me back to that insecurity you know, food insecurity and housing insecurity. You're thinking
0: and about 500 employees that now. Are I just at let them down.
1: All... I really right. let these people down now, th- through no fault of my own. But right. that's that feeling that just has stuck with me this whole, you know, time through. The Did pandemic. you get any
0: heat from northern bars and grills or anything like that? From or like from r- more rural areas, people were upset that a restaurant tour was kind of allowing this.
1: I think I think it was harder to digest in the outstate. They don't have the density that we do here, so yeah. I don't think they deal with the same things and maybe politically it's different in the outstate too. But that was hard and and then to have all of our income taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For 3 months and how do you pay people's health insurance? You know, mm-hmm. there's some big moral dilemmas here too of who do you keep on, who do you not keep on. The restaurant industry in particular isn't known for you know, we're we're a cash flow company. Yeah. So and and you've got, you know, credit with your purveyors, but it's a thin
0: margin it's, business. Yeah, it's a
1: single digit profit margin. I don't I think the average person doesn't understand that. I think probably because we are creatives and we are gregarious typically people, it, it makes it look sexier mm-hmm. and easier than it is, but it's not. It's it's single digit profit margin we have a very savvy strong cfo who's been through other crises crises and yeah. you know restructuring and you know telecom crisis and dot-com crisis and thank goodness because he's kind of been the architect of saving blue plate so to speak so with
0: mm-hmm. i mean or our,
1: maintaining mm-hmm. the
0: government shuts you down for mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean he kept it kept on yeah, being it was, extended right mm-hmm. so it started off with Thirty days or something like that. I don't even know anymore.
1: I don't even know anymore. But it, I think it was June fifteenth. I want to yeah. say that we mm. were allowed to reopen at fifty percent.
0: And so, are they talking with restaurants at this point in time? Are they reaching out to you? I mean, you were there at the literally the beginning. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember. I was at work mm-hmm. watching you on the press conference and mm-hmm. like you know, at Thomas Liquors. Mm-hmm. We know ya, you. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're friends with some of the managers. And so, we're like, Steph's up there. Mm-hmm. So we're watching you up there, and it was it was crazy. I think you said it's hard for someone in the hospitality industry, such as myself, to be turning people away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. And I remember everybody thought it was super noble. Mm -hmm. So I got to commend you for that. Thank you. Yeah.
1: I still think it was the right thing to do. We didn't know, Mm. you know, and we didn't know what we didn't know back then. I think now we have to find a way to open and, you know, with the vaccine here and – you know, numbers of people who've already had COVID, we have to keep the doors open and keep the economy moving and keep the public health yeah. in mind.
0: So there is a way, I mean, you're doing it at your restaurants to mm-hmm. stay open, mm-hmm. be safe mm-hmm. and, and, you know, keep customers in and keep your employees on the payroll.
2: Mm-hmm. We go to Longfellow a lot mm-hmm. during this whole thing and mm-hmm. they have a such a great system of yeah. pickup orders. It's, So phenomenal,
1: and they're very conscientious.
2: I mean, no one wants
1: to get sick, and no one wants to be the source of infection for anyone. And our GM there, Alec, is very conscientious. And you know, we care about our people, right? We care about our customers. You know, we're that neighborhood business, you're you need people to come back, right? It's not we're not a special, you know, we're not a place where you go once a year. Right. Like no. a Manny's or a, right. you know, Marie's or something where you're sure. like, you're going to just go for your anniversary and you're going right. to have a, you know, $250 dinner or $300 dinner. Like, right. we're the place where you come once a week.
0: Right. Yeah. And if you're me yeah. and or my family, four four times, you went four times a week, a week yeah, to Girl exactly. on top. I was like, once a week? A <laughs> I wow. I was <laughs> telling Marshall, I'm like, I think it was the, I think Girl Hunt became the family restaurant because my dad, who's a brewer himself, has mm-hmm. been brewing for 30 years. He could walk us home at the end of oh, the yeah. video.
1: <laughs> oh, that was I, be, I I believe me I know. I mean, my now I had to cross two streets. I had oh, to cross okay. St. Clair and Fairview when oh, I left the neighborhood, fair. but that was the like I could walk home from here.
2: It's good. Stumble home. Stumble home. Stumble
1: home here. I think that's true for a lot.
0: And so you're you go through this and it's you open up on June 50% capacity. Mm-hmm. You made a ton of changes in the meantime, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. to accommodate for these the new rules.
1: Plexiglass and masks and goggles and facing of tables. And I think contact tracing largely rests on restaurant shoulders, yeah. which
0: mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about. <laughs> right. it doesn't... Yeah. Should it or should it not?
1: Exactly. It's also one of the questions when you get COVID, they ask you, have you been to a restaurant? Have you been to a fitness center? I wish they'd asked, Have you been to a grocery store? Yeah. Have you been to Home Depot, Menards? Right. I just don't quite understand that questioning. But I'll, you know, put that aside. No, it's for now. a great
0: point. No, it's a great point. They're they're kind of picking on these industries. I think because, we're being picked on. Yeah, because they're pointing out. I think they almost want the numbers to come from that place because mm-hmm. then they're right in the long run. And
1: you've got a fall guy, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it can certainly feel that way if you're in the industry.
1: And we haven't had outbreaks within our staff. You know, we've had a case. But then that person goes away, and we haven't had. I mean, because we keep That's track. That's
0: incredible. You know, we haven't the amount had, of restaurants that you have.
1: We've certainly had cases in in the employee ranks, but not not what you would consider. You know, not like seven cases all at once or something. Mm-hmm. It's just been one offs, and then when that person isolates, it's been so that to me also says we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but what a year! I mean, it's been. I've never. I've never thought that I wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Not since I was a kid. You know, when I was 21, 22, just starting out.
0: When you're when 21 I was, years old, put everything you have in a, right. in a restaurant.
1: And, and that was like, oh, I've got nothing to lose and, you know, why not?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not since then have I not thought this, I'd be operating this business. I mean, so it'll be 28 years in March. and
2: Remarkable. This could do you in. This could I do me in, and it this still could. A, yeah,
1: you know, it still could. You know, there's a second round of PPP coming. All we right. applied for last week, and it's like my saying is, it's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Yeah, you know, it really it helps a little bit, but you know, when you're talking to all your landlords too, and like this is, you know, about h- half of one month's rent. For my whole company. I'm like, right. it's not gonna save us. Right. You know, it's gonna help, but it's not gonna save us.
0: Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That- and
1: every one of those landlords is different too. You know, a couple of them have been easier. Easier to work with and accommodating. Um, yeah, and I, yeah. Yeah. Like we'll we'll get through this together. And then a couple have just been like, absolutely, you know, your rent's due tomorrow. Like yeah. in twenty seven years, we've never missed a rent payment.
0: Right. You, you shut down again, mm-hmm. right, in, in the winter. Mm-hmm. And was that just a shock?
1: That was a big blow. Uh, you could see it coming, though. When the governor put that 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. business curfew in place,
2: mm-hmm.
1: boom, you know, we just fell off a cliff there. Business went down like 70%. And then two weeks later, I think we were shut down completely. Can you
0: turn a profit no. on those numbers? No, and you
1: can't turn a – we can't turn a profit on takeout on curbside. You know, it's about 10% of – Can
0: anybody turn a profit on takeout that's not a chain?
1: I think, you know, if pizza is killing
0: it. Right. Oh, okay. If you're in
1: pizza, if you were in Chinese food, Thai food, you know, that sort of
0: the, – The typical takeout.
1: Right. That's – you're used to – you have the packaging. You have – the food travels well. Uh, people are used to – Picking up Thai food, mm-hmm. you know. A and
0: Juicy Lucy doesn't travel well. Not
1: as well. French no. fries don't travel well. No. You know, um, we actually changed French fries during this be- to, to find oh, really? one that travels better. Really? And packaging that is vented and lets some of the steam out so the food
0: doesn't just... It's not styrofoam. Based in its own... Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, there's supply chain issues with packaging. I mean, I bet we've changed right. packaging 10 times since last hmm. spring because of supply chain issues. Delivery. The delivery services we're taking up to thirty percent. Now both Minneapolis and Saint Paul cities have enacted curb that. Yeah, Yeah. I think they're taking it down to fifteen percent. But I, if you take thirty percent off the top, I'm not making any money. I'm probably losing money. Right. And so we didn't do curbside for a while um, in the in the first shutdown because the numbers
2: just weren't. It wasn't mm-hmm. worth no. it. Right. It's almost just to keep people happy, right? Yeah, To keep the, the neighborhood.
1: To keep the neighborhood yeah. happy, to like keep the brand out there so people right. don't kind forget of, about you.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of a way for the government, in a way, I mean, I'm not attacking to them. To say. To say, hey, look, we're allowing them yeah. to be open curbside. Right. You right. know?
1: But this last shutdown was hard because, you know, as you know from working in the Thomas Liquors, yeah. October, November, December. I mean, in the industry, That's... we say O and D. Like yeah. we're coming into O and D, you know, that's when we make our money and people are celebrating, celebrating, you're and going out, family's coming yeah. into
0: town, you're going Parties.
1: out. Parties. The the busiest week that we have during the year is the week between Christmas and New Year's.
0: Really? Yeah. You know, so really? all of
1: that's taken away and, and gift was, card sales, yeah. you know, that too, that's another big kind of seed for the first quarter. So we usually will make money in fourth quarter, but first quarter isn't a moneymaker. maker. You know, so when this whole thing started, too, cash reserves were probably at the lowest
0: right. because January, because
1: January, and February, we don't make in, money.
0: Same with us over mm-hmm. at uh, over at TL. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, January is known to be the slowest month for and probably everyone's doing every dry, industry.
1: dry. You know, dry January. Dry What's January,
0: with that, by yeah. the way, dry January. <laughs> what are you doing? It the local terrible. Of- <laughs> well,
1: I do it in February if, if I were going to do it because there are only twenty eight days in February. <laughs> it's a lot. To, we've learned a lot. We've become more efficient. We had to slim the menus down just to mm-hmm. get yeah. To survive. I think every restaurant's done mm-hmm.
0: partial menus.
1: Um, we switched operating systems, so we went to a tablet or a handheld order taking device. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, uh, also allowed us to do contactless payment. It's allowed online ordering. Sure. You now we don't have menus anymore. We 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 will on request. Oh, but you know, they got
2: the phone, little the QR code, sure. yeah.
1: Some of these things I think will stick. And I like stay. that. Personally, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think
2: it's really cool. I hate the grimy menus. Not that yeah. your menus were grimy, but but, yeah, yeah. but they, but yeah. they do,
1: and the yeah, and the cost and the updates and right. you know, an online update so much easier.
2: Right. I love
0: it. Do, have you seen other restaurant owners kind of come together in this and kind of you know unity and somewhat of a you know. I don't want to say commiserate together, but just kind of a kind of like like bond over a shared hardship.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of of groups that have popped up, like one's called Twin Cities Restaurant Coalition. And, you know, we used to be every week that we did a call on Mondays. Now it's every couple of weeks. But, hey, how can we share information about getting PPP? How can we, you know, talk to our landlords? You know, what's covid policies do you have in place or, you know, how are you helping staff? Um, you know, we've done kind of an employee relief fund as well. Mm. So more, it's something is used as much right now, but it was used quite a bit in the summer where, you know, people had food insecurity issues right. and right. people needed cleaning supplies and toilet paper and things like that. So, mm. you know, we were giving out I would say like micro loans and trying to help people now, survive.
0: I'm reminded of when restaurants were allowed to reopen in the summer, mm-hmm. but there was still that added benefit for unemployment benefits mm-hmm. of like $600 a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of places, restaurants, maybe most so, we're finding it hard to hire people back. Absolutely. Yeah, right.
1: And we're coming up on that again. Yeah. A couple of my stores are having a hard time staffing. Really? Because of that. Be- because a certain segment of people can make about as much money not working. Yeah. So I'm not it's hard. Like it's yeah. hard to know if that's the right way to stimulate the economy or not. I mean, it's because it kind of disincentivizes people to work. Yeah,
2: yeah. they they got to uh, put an in incentive for people who work, too. Mm-hmm. Like hey, if you take a job, you get $600 a week on top of that. Right. You know? Right. So that you go out and help businesses restart. I remember yeah. I was working mm-hmm. the most
0: hours I've ever worked mm-hmm. d- during college at Thomas Liquors because we were busy, mm-hmm. you know. Re- yeah. Restaurants were affected, liquor stores. We were doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. You know, people, people were drinking. Yep. And, uh, and I'm working all the time and I had these buddies I was talking with and they worked at Plums mm-hmm. and they're not working right now and they're like, yeah, I just applied for unemployment. I'm getting paid $600 a week on top of unemployment. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking... What the hell? Mm-hmm. I'm working 30 hours right. a week as a mm-hmm. student because Thomas Lickers is understaffed, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, we need employees. We're, mm-hmm. We we had only curbside for a 3 or 4 months, maybe more than that, maybe mm-hmm. like 6 months. And you know, it w- it was crazy and I was getting paid less than my buddies who are Sitting home. Sitting home smoking pot on yeah, the couch. Right. Frustrating. It yeah. was frustrating. And, you know, I'm not saying that I had it bad by any means. I was mm-hmm. lucky to be working for a great mm-hmm. company and making money and be employed. But it seemed like a really flawed system, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it, we're coming up on it again. There, there needs to be ways to correct
2: that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. My daughter's working right now. And she's trying to recruit some of her friends to work because some of the people who sure. – are going to sit home on their couch and like you said smoke pot and collect their $600 or $400 a week plus unemployment. So now I mean, we have to go to other categories 16 of- 16-year-old, right. 17-year-old. Yeah, year, exactly. But she, she and she worked last night. She's working tonight. She works a double tomorrow oh and my she year. works Sunday. Hmm. Like they're because there's a certain segment of people who just don't want to work.
0: Right. Back in the day you wouldn't even have to pay her. Right. But now you do. Now
1: I have to pay her. Exactly. <laughs> But it's. I think it does kind of divide. It says a lot about people and their character. And you know, yeah. I think there are people who are truly. There's some who are truly scared. Yeah. Or have a. Maybe a.
0: Immunocompromised relative that they live exactly. with, or themselves are absolutely. There's
1: absolutely that, but I think there are absolutely a lot of people who are just sure. sitting home on the couch collecting the money.
2: Yeah, my so, buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So now uh, I don't. I can't think of another restaurant of yours that would be directly affected, but Longfellow Grill was certainly affected this summer with the uh, protests, certainly. civil, and, unrest. civil uh, unrest. I don't remember. I don't think Longfellow was boarded up, but I know that Quiznos right next to you got the windows shattered. And uh, we did something. have a
1: little bit of. Um, we had a break in. Okay. About that time, uh, I w- I wouldn't call it looting, but but vandalism. Let's okay. call it that. All right. And I was. I remember a Sunday night watching the news, which I don't usually do, but mm-hmm. I have. I think because of right. there's a little bit of like doom scrolling yeah, and doom right. doom watching going on. Like for,
0: everybody was watching the news during then. that week, yeah.
1: and there was a crowd of I think the news said you know five or six thousand people right back that across trying to cross the right. bridge, and I thought, okay, this is it. That's, you know, this is it's a goner. Yeah. Oh my god! But they didn't. Yeah, um, I think. They did later that week, but maybe because of the apartments upstairs, that saved us. Mm. But Longfellow was definitely affected. And that employee base and that, even the, the guest base, the customer base was freaked. Really freaked.
2: Freaked out. You know, right. we
1: were, there was a lot of recovery and TLC needed in that community. It right. still is. Right. Um, the Lowry was looted.
2: Oh, on really? Hennepin okay. Avenue. Mm-hmm. Really?
1: Yep. They broke in the, I mean, Hennepin Avenue still. Yeah, I drove down it last night. There's still a lot of plywood up. I mean, yeah, I saw a lot of that. those businesses. What is are going gone. on
2: with Uptown? Uptown is like a it's ghost still, town. It's still mm-hmm. boarded up. A lot of those businesses. And places. all the any business of any repute, you know, mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret, mm-hmm. Apple, Columbia, yep. North Face, they're all gone. gone. My Walgreens is still not open. Ragstock is open though. So (laughs) when you say Repute, be careful because Ragstock is. Well, that was a stupid idea also for Mm. Uptown to go uh, like shopping mall type, like Victoria's Secret should not have a huge store in Uptown. (laughs) Uptown. That's stupid. There's no parking. Right. that was dumb. Well, that was like the second.
1: Then Minneapolis took away all the parking. There used to be meters. Right. Those are all gone now too.
2: Oh yeah. Bike lanes. Bike lanes. But that's crazy. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, what's happening in Uptown? And I, I didn't even think of Lowry. Yeah, that's yeah. Not that far was, north. Yeah.
1: Lowry was broken into and looted. Um,
0: How did they look now? I mean, have you been able to? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. been a little while since then. It's, but.
1: you know, it was cleaned up within a, you know, a couple days. And mm-hmm. see, at the time, we weren't open. We were just open for yeah. curbside anyway, because that was, I think, end of May.
0: Did you see some community members? Yeah. come and kind of help out. Oh, in Saint
1: Paul. I mean, this is a St. Paul, St. Small sort of thing. We had people volunteer mm. and call me, text me, and say, "Hey, we're out doing plywood. Can we do Groveland Tap or Highland Grill for you? How cool is that? That's very it's amazing, nice. it's amazing. Right? I
0: had that. Um, my brother-in-law, when this happened, we bought up Thomas Liquors, you know, because mm-hmm. liquor stores I mean, oh. look at Big Top and Midway, right, that oh, right. Ransack, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But um, but we bought up Thomas, and I immediately thought of my brother-in-law who owns. These uh, buildings, kind of bodega-style, mm-hmm. restaurant on bottom, apartments right. on top. Mm-hmm. And I called him. He's like, yeah, I have five guys helping me out tomorrow mm-hmm. morning and tonight. Can you come help? Mm-hmm. So I left work and I just had to help him yeah. put in plywood mm-hmm. on the buildings. Yeah. And he kept a lot of it. Yeah. You know, because Thomas Liggers, it's in the basement. You oh, know, yeah. like we're – hopefully we'll never need it again, but you never know.
1: Yeah. yeah I, th- I would keep it.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> did you board up Ireland? Because there's going to be a trial in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending mm-hmm. on the outcome of that, that could be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. That. I,
1: I'm not looking forward to that. The helicopters were overhead and
0: right.
1: the, the,
0: yeah, the, the, gas the, the gas station. The Army National yeah. Guard was called in. Right. I went to grade school and high school with a buddy of mine mm-hmm. who's in the Army National Guard he was there. He had a big gun. He was mm-hmm. like patrolling. He was on the Humvees, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just crazy.
1: Yeah, to see Humvees down Grand Avenue or right. down Hennepin Avenue. On Grand Avenue, just yeah.
0: lined up crazy. by, by uh, Salute and everything mm-hmm. like that. We uh, The Thomas family, like, stayed out. Because uh, mm-hmm. they, they, we had a potential – we had someone try and break in during mm-hmm. all that. Sure. And uh, I remember Nick Thomas and Mike Thomas would hang out in the parking lot with mm-hmm. Mike's big truck. Right. And mm-hmm. he'd block the door with the big truck and he'd stay up all night mm-hmm. and take shifts, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy.
2: In another world, we'd be having this conversation and we'd be going, okay, so what's next? Yeah. You know, what are you open?" And so I probably no plans for – now you're in survival mode, yeah. not growth mode probably. Yeah.
1: We, I mean we do th- – because of this, I would like to have a more fast casual concept that mm-hmm. had a stronger takeout component or pickup component. Did Maybe really- smaller footprint, even you know, given the overhead and.
2: In a horrible way, is are there opportunities? I think yeah. I
1: think there will be. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think eventually there will be less competition.
2: Yeah. I
0: think
1: it's only the stronger are going to survive.
0: That is, I mean, how many restaurants have closed? And like Ugh, hundreds of hundreds. restaurants So I mean, were there plans that you had prior to COVID that like I mean let's look at I, I did want to ask this mm-hmm. about the blue barn. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I mean that was Ugh, a, that's sub- a hit. was a, you know, it was a big investment, right? Mm-hmm. And you had one year of the blue barn two years?
1: Uh, we opened our first season was 2014, but you know there's a good one. We have a 10-year mortgage on mm. that building. How do you pay for that with no revenue?
2: How is it Zero how? revenue. Zero revenue. I mean, not not mm-hmm. 50% yeah, capacity. you You're,
0: you're <laughs> on the inside of that with the state fair. Mm-hmm. How are they? I mean, they had the drive-through, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Were you mm-hmm. a part of that?
1: We did not do it. that. Okay. um They only took, I think, 16 vendors. Mm-hmm. There were tickets. The, to open the barn up is a huge endeavor. It's I mean, a big, it's a big it's a place. Big, you know, it, it's kind of like opening up your cabin or something for the summer and then shutting it down in the winter and... The The equipment, you know, equipment's not meant to sit around for 11, right, no. 11 and a half months. It, <laughs> equipment's better if it's being used. For sure. So we knew that. And then hiring people was already hard. And Only there were so many harder. people sitting in that wasn't going to get easier. Um, and we had other outlets to do our state fair food. You know, we could do a pop-up at the Groveland Tap or the Lowry. Oh, did we, you end up doing that? We did. Okay. And we used the food truck. To um, do state fair food. So that part worked okay for us.
0: So, mm. how does the state fair look at that though? I mean, like, how, how are you? I mean, I'm sure you're not privy to every conversation, mm. but being a major vendor there, you might know a little bit more. How are they looking at, you know, keeping these businesses there that might not be there?
1: As far as I know, they are looking forward um, to some sort of, you know, season or modified season this year. Um,
2: Didn't they just come out last week and they? Announced the dates, and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. we're open, and this is the dates. And,
1: and there was a big <laughs> ticket buy. You could do a uh, yeah. advanced ticket buy at a discount, in, I think, in December, if I remember correctly. We actually, at Blue Plate, we had our first state fair meeting yesterday Okay, and brought the team in um, on Zoom, of course. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're doing a little ideating on, are we going to do a— New menu item this year or are we going to like maybe stick with the classics yeah. and just go that route? I think we'll end up doing – still doing something new. What beer are we going to do? Are we going to do a collaboration? Are we going to do our own? Are we – you know, what are we going to put in the frosé machine? What You know, <laughs> I mean there's all this – and then hiring. You know, I think hiring will be right. tricky. And so we're talking about production and How we many? did we did um, Mercury and Shindig. Sure. We had a big um, – They're the cater- closed right now. Right they're now. closed. Okay. You know, and they did have a little violence, too, with the
2: uh, hmm. back. Where is Shindig?
1: Um, Fifth and Marquette in okay, Minneapolis. sure. Right yeah. on the light rail.
0: Yeah, right. That's heavily populated. That's in the heart kind of of downtown, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, a lot
1: of residential around there. But that is not open, and we did a lot of our prep work for the state fair in that kitchen.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're
1: looking at, okay, what are we going to do this year? Because all of that Nashville hot chicken was cut and marinated and shoved on the stick, you know, mm-hmm. down in that kitchen and we don't have it. Sure thing. So we're trying to figure out how, how we're going to do that food. And
0: how many people are normally staffed at the state fair? Um, you.
1: Usually about, I would say there are probably 30 people on a shift and we run three shifts. Okay. So we, we, we'd hire 125, 145 people.
0: That is a mega operation for mm-hmm. a week, mm-hmm. for two weeks, I yeah, guess. Yeah, 12 days. Twelve days. 12 that days. is crazy.
1: It's a. it is. It's a big operation. It's a lot of, a ton um, of fun, I'm sure. It's a ton of fun. It's kinda like summer camp. I tell <laughs> you know, and we have
0: Do you kind of live over there during those? Oh, days? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's you're there. One of us will go home early or come in a little bit later. Um, we are kind of tossing the idea around like, what if we took a day off? Maybe it would be actually be better for us because mm. you'd oh. be a little more
0: recharged and sure. It's not. But it's we'll not twenty-one-year-old Steph Shimp no. working at Highland <laughs> Grill every single day. A day off as you come in at eleven,
1: and then could go out drinking at you know eleven o'clock and not get home till one thirty, and still get up at six in the morning and feel okay. Wow. Jeez, yeah, I, I, can't can't even, I can't.
2: even yeah, do, that. I
0: can't do you know, that. know, and I'm, and I'm that
1: age. No. no, I can't. I can't do
2: that. <laughs> so you have these this fantastic food. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, I, it, all your restaurants and great beer at Free House and all that sort of stuff, but. Uh, the service mm-hmm. is exceptional. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single person that I've ever run into that's a uh, hostess or host, wait, wait person mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is that in how you train or the environment or how you hire? I mean, how I think do you- all of the above. Okay. And being in you know, a neighborhood.
1: And being in a neighborhood. And we call it passionate hospitality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, service to me is technical. But hospitality is, you know, wrapping you up in a warm blanket and Mm -hmm. taking care of you and, you know, knowing your dog's name or your, you Mm -hmm. know, your mom's birthday or it's just, it's that extra something. And I think we do hire for that. I'd rather train on the technical aspects than have to teach someone how to smile and care. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to teach people to care.
2: Right.
1: You know, compassion and empathy, that's a tougher thing to teach. Yeah. I think that culture is part of blue plate culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, the staff at the Groveland Tap and the Highland Grill, you know, they run it like it's their own. Mm -hmm. They really operate it like it's their own.
0: They have that love for the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, I go in there because I love the neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. you can tell that with the bartenders, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean. Bartender
1: at Groveland Tap during the pandemic. So Eric likes to bake.
0: I love Eric. His mom, Joey. Yep. I played cribbage with his mom at the Nativity Cribbage Tournament every year.
1: <laughs> well, here's an example. Eric likes to bake. So he got into making cookies in the last couple of years. And he'd sell them you know, by the dozen and you could pick it. And he only works, I think, one day a week, yeah. like Saturdays. And he you know, has a day job. But still does it. I and mean, he doesn't have to work there. Right. He no. chooses to work there. Oh, yeah. Well, during the pandemic – he took the money that he made from selling his cookies in bars and put it into the employee relief fund. I like think he donated like six or $700 back he, to- He's
0: a great guy, too. I know him personally. Really good he's a guy. Yeah. That was, God, that's, you don't get that everywhere. No. You really no. don't, you know?
1: And those people tend to like, attract, like, I think. Sure. And if you don't fit into the team, I think you eventually get- kind of worked out because Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we're we we operate like a family and it sounds a little cliche but it really is you know people want to be with good people but that's
0: what keeps it saint small and that's what Mm -hmm. i've i mean that's why i've worked a year and a half at thomas liquors it was supposed Mm -hmm. to be a summer job Mm -hmm. but it turned into you know a potential career path for me Mm -hmm. in the liquor industry because i work for in my opinion, the, possibly the best boss I'll ever have, Mike Thomas. Mm-hmm. And we, we say that you don't work for the store, you work for the family. Mm-hmm. And boy, is that apparent mm-hmm. when, you know, Joe Fitzpatrick, Fitty, Fitty, has stories of picking up Nick Thomas, the son at a at nativity after mm-hmm. work or something like that. But you do it because you care. Yeah. You do it because you love the people you work for, mm-hmm. as I'm sure your employees do. Mm-hmm. They love Blue Plate. And you do it because you love the people you work with, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and- I've seen that. I've seen turnover with uh, coworkers that mm-hmm. haven't worked out, and I've had phenomenal friendships in the past mm-hmm. year and a half develop with people that just you click with because you both care about the place you're working mm-hmm. at. Right? I
2: just want to ask, what can we do? Yes. What, can, what, I was, was going to the same thing. We need you to stay alive. We need you to stay. What can we do?
1: You know, I – to – in whatever capacity you feel comfortable, support your small business friends, um, especially those of us in restaurants, in the hospitality, you know, whether it's curbside or if you feel safe, come on in, you know, we're going to take care of you and we're going to make your experience, we're going to make you feel good, mm-hmm. you know, safe and special, safe and special, safe and special. I like that. Yeah. borrow that safe and special. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I, and I think there's going to be, I, I kind of go back and forth. I feel like we could have this roaring twenties right, period. Right. Well, that's what everybody's Again, saying. Come back right.
2: alive, and-
1: I do. I think there's, I think there's going to be a lot of pent up demand. But I'm seeing people, people are happy to be out, and they are feeling good. And it's in our best interest to, to make that happen and mm-hmm. to take care of you, to treat you like family.
0: You've always made your customers feel mm-hmm. that way. Your patrons feel that way at the stores. Every single uh, restaurant is safe. You know, mm-hmm. you feel – because it's a neighborhood. You feel mm-hmm. safe there. Mm-hmm. I never worried about walking home from Girlland Tap. It's my neighborhood, you right.
1: know. Well, and you have to buy local <laughs> or say goodbye local. Right. You know, yeah. buy B-U-Y or B-Y-E. Or, right. Because well, that's – you know, there's not enough government support available right. to keep us – you know, PPP is – It's a
0: small part of... Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It's a Band-Aid
1: on a gunshot wound. You know, Ah. it's not a pretty saying, but it's true. And I'm telling people to be be kind, be compassionate, try to be, you know, generous with your server staff Mm. and just be understanding. You know, we're not... There's some memory muscle, muscle memory loss, you Mm -hmm. know, being shut down for three months the first time, being shut down for... Two months, the second time. We want to do well and we want to do right. But you know, I you know I got a complaint email the other day, and I just wanted to say, really,
2: like, like come on, come give on. Me a break, and like, right?
1: we're doing like we're doing the best we can, and we're gonna make mistakes. But you know, I just try to be a little
2: right. <laughs> you know, like, that's not normal. Right, you know,
1: just try to just. Try to have an open mind and know that, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. Right? Right.
0: I know that feeling. It totally pisses me off when people are complaining right now mm-hmm. to 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 retail workers or to restaurant mm-hmm. workers, especially. Right. You mm-hmm. want to hit them. You want to yeah. be like, are you kidding me?
1: Or like, like, really?
0: What, what kind of person are you? Right. right.
1: I think, again, that some of that's coming out.
0: Yeah, working in retail and in the restaurant industry, right. there's, a, there's empathy on both sides of
2: that. Yeah.
1: I think... It should be mandatory. Everyone should have to do a little bit of military service. Yeah, and everyone should have to work in hospitality or retail. A,
2: you got to work in a restaurant yeah. at some point. Yeah. in your How life. You? Yeah, oh yeah, a couple of them. Mm-hmm. would you work? Well, first of all, the first one was Ponderosa. Oh. Talk about the Steakhouse. different end of oh, yeah. uh, like. Sizzling!
1: About. I can hear that sizzling in the commercial yeah, right now. I'm not familiar with
2: uh, oh. it. It was just okay. a horrendous <laughs> chain steak restaurant. It was awful. But then, think old
1: country buffet, but for steak. Oh, yeah,
2: gross! And and like a level down from that yeah. as far as uh, class. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, can see some family members going there. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a place called uh, Grand Cafe. It was uh, it, the building's gone now, but it was right across from the McAllister Bookstore.
1: Oh yeah, I remember it that. It was so
2: awesome. Run by. Uh, an Israeli Jew mm-hmm. and a uh, uh, Muslim from Egypt, and you know, yeah. and, and, uh, you know and, and it was they they ran that place so well. I was down mm-hmm. in the basement, you know, and I would you know cut up the lettuce mm-hmm. like you could have eaten off that floor. They they everything was so spotless and way out of the view of any patrons mm-hmm. was run so incredibly well, and I really realized like, wow, this is how people run restaurants you know yeah. this is how this is done and uh it was it was a fantastic experience and most of
1: us are doing it because we like people yeah we genuinely like people we care about our community and we want to take care of you
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: i would say most people don't enter the restaurant business because they think they're gonna sure. have windfall profits yeah right or, you know <laughs> yeah. it's like you like you like people You want to take care of you
0: Thank you so much for coming on, Steph. Yeah, this I had, has been fun. Yeah, I had a blast talking with you. I learned so much. You have such an incredible story. I didn't know really how <laughs> incredible it really is. that The beginning is out of a storybook. And to grow it and to be a part of it, you know, growing up with one of your restaurants as a family restaurant, I think is really special. And I appreciate you guys. Again, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for everyone to listening to this episode of St. Small Talk. If you enjoy listening to St. Small Talk, feel free to visit our Facebook page, St. Small Talk, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at St. Small Talk. That's S-A-I-N-T-S-M-A-L-L-T-A-L-K. St. Saint Small Talk is brought to you by Minnesota Podcasting Studios, Minnesota's premier podcasting outfit for professional and entertainment podcasts alike. Our logo design is made by Galen Rick at Mighty Fine Design, a Twin Cities-based graphic design company. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for listening.